0: 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18 says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Welcome to Made New. This is Danny and Jeff. We, and we are diving deeper into our current focus of the church. And we're really looking forward to this time together. And uh, Jeff, maybe you could just get us started and talk about, uh, I don't know, talk about the, some big ideas that we're covering this week.
1: Absolutely. I think probably the biggest idea that I would like to see across this week, uh, if we could convey that, it, that, is Jesus loves his church. He mm. really, really loves his church. If you're looking for a scripture that can really Demonstrate how much he loves his church. Let's just jump over to Ephesians five twenty-five. It says, "Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her." And we can stop right there, even and just say, "Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church." Now you got to understand that his love for the church is perfect. He, he's not—he's not a bad husband. He's—he's he's the perfect. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> if there's right. ever—if there's husbands out there, if there's ever an example of <laughs> What you need to be like as a husband, or how you could be as a husband, look to Jesus. He, he's the perfect husband. He gave himself up for his bride so that, and it goes on to say, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And there's a lot of other big things in there, but the idea that he would, he loved his bride, loves his bride, still does her so much that he would give himself up for her. That's how much he loves
0: his church. Wow. He went to the cross for her. And That's right. and I, I, I love that verse too. It's, it's, a, uh, it's one of my favorites in it because it, it frames it. And anytime I struggle with, uh, with the church, because the church has people like me in it, um, sometimes <laughs> I'll struggle <laughs> right. with people like me uh, in the church. But I, I, I just remember Jesus loves his church. He loves his church. That's right. We have a, what I hope is a helpful definition that we're using for the church that we kind of lifted from the, uh, Acts chapter 2. And um, So I'm going to read that just as a baseline for us, and we'll we'll do that every week just so we have that understanding of when we're talking about the church, we're not talking about some organization or a nonprofit or a club or things like that. When we talk about the church, we're talking about that the local church is a family of regenerated believers who confess Jesus Christ as Lord. In obedience to Scripture, they organize under qualified leadership. They gather regularly for preaching and for worship. They observe the biblical sacraments of baptism and communion. They're unified by the Spirit. They're disciplined for holiness and scatter to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission as missionaries to the world for God's glory and their joy. I know it's a long definition, but I don't know how else to capture it all. Um, And I'm not even saying that captures it all, but I find it helpful. I hope you do too. This week, we're going to focus on who's in the church family. The idea being that God modeled the family in the garden when he created all of creation after himself. He made us in his image just like this so that we reflect the community that's in the Trinitarian God of the Bible. And because of that, the church also reflects his nature, as well as in the as well as in, in the natural family, which I think is really uh, really important for us to understand that family is in the heart of God. It's in His nature.
1: Absolutely, and and Danny, something something important to note is that in Scripture, the idea of family is a continuous message. If mm-hmm. we read the first two chapters of Genesis, it begins with the first family in heaven, the tr- the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creating the first family here on Earth. Mm-hmm. You know let us make man in our image and out of adam comes eve all the way to the end of revelation chapters 21 and 22 where it begins with then i saw a new heaven and a new earth the first heaven and the first earth first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea and i saw the holy city new jerusalem keeping in my new jerusalem is that's a reference to the church coming down out of heaven from god made ready as a bride adorned for her husband so this idea of family it I don't want to say it begins and ends with family more like it begins and it begins again with family. (laughs) God, God's not going to do away with, with the idea of family. It's, it's, it's in his nature. He, the, the, the Godhead father, son, and Holy spirit, it, it is familial in nature. It is a family unit. And so that the reflection of that is going to be continuous from now until eternity until, and especially
0: and especially yeah. in his bride especially in his church that he loves it's gonna yes. be the same way yeah absolutely, absolutely. wow that's yes. great that's really helpful and 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 i i, I see it like you're saying it's just see it as a thread the thread of family just like you see that that thread woven through the fabric of the scriptures and uh on into yeah. eternity so it's wonderful so jeff i wanted to ask you just just like Again, we're focused on who, the who of the church. So when we talk about the church, we're talking about family, which is, which is excellent, right? So yeah. who makes up the church? Who is in the church?
1: Yeah, and that's a great question. And I think before we get into the individual who, there's, a, there's another verse. We're, g- we're going to be referencing a lot of scripture as we go through these podcasts, which that's always a good thing, right? We should always bring this back to the Bible. I think so. Uh, <laughs> but out of Psalm 68. Verse six says, God settles a solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell on a parched land. And so, just even sharing a little bit of my own testimony before I got saved i I wanted to be alone. I wanted to be left alone. I didn't want to mm. be around people. I didn't even want to get married or have a family of my own. And then the day I got saved and the day I really surrendered my my life to the Lord, God inserted this idea of family into my heart and and changed even how i would look at family and even changed how i would look at the church and from that point on i i desired family i desired to have familial relationships even and so really what i'm saying is that verse psalm 68 was put in action and if you're if you're if you've been made new by the blood of christ if you've been regenerated by christ and you you understand that to be in a family means means exactly this. God is set is able to set the solitary into a home. And you may yeah. you may still be a single person. You may not have a spouse or, or children of your own yet, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't doesn't set you in a home. And that's really the first place I would like to start today of who makes up the church, and that is individual regenerated believers. Uh you know They are members of the body. Now, when I say member, we're not talking about membership in terms of I'm Uh, a member of a union or member of a gym. Uh, Think of member in terms of a body part. Um, That that is often how we refer to, or how we can refer to a member. That is, you know, my my pinky is a is a member of my body, it belongs, it's attached to it. it. I couldn't imagine my life without this little pinky on my left hand, it's, uh, you know, it, it belongs there. And so the church is made up of all these individual members. And so those individual members even will also make up family units. Uh, getting into that a little bit, they're all knitted together by one thing and Danny's gonna gonna exhort out of that a little bit later. But the individual members make up these family units. And if you read starting in Acts all the way through to the end of Revelation, the letters from Paul and from from Peter, when he's writing these letters to churches, notice he's not always addressing just leaders. He's mm-hmm. addressed half of those those books, Ephesians, Philippians, you know, Titus and and so on. Who are they addressing? They're addressing individual family units and individual family relationships. So even just going from that idea to to we're not a an organization made up of board members and of right. CEOs and chairmen. We're fathers. We're, we're grandfathers. We're we're moms and dads and and husbands and sons and daughters. All these. Familial relationships. Well, that that's what the church is. It, it's what it's always been. And so, when you have letters coming from Paul to churches, he's not addressing to the CFO at the Church of Ephesus or to the uh, to the executive vice president of nice. the Church of Philippians. He's addressing to to the children and the church. To you know, and then later on, husbands. Here's how to treat your wives. Wives. Here's how to treat your husbands, moms and dads. Here's how to, here's how to talk to children, well, individual think, families.
0: Yeah, yeah individual families. And I think as, as you're talking about this, I think it's so, uh, so important because we have a tendency because a lot of our lives and especially in our culture right now, are, um, the familial, the, the family unit, uh, I'm not going to say from the, like the 1950s, I'm going to say from the garden, <laughs> right? Right. right. <laughs> this, is, this isn't an idea from, you know, post-World War or whatever, reconstruction. This is, this is an idea of, it goes all the way back to the garden. The, the idea of family in the heart of God, like we, we have a hard time some, sometimes even understanding how to function like that. And because we totally. are oftentimes transaction oriented, we think we're paying someone for something. I don't pay my kids or something. They're my kids. You know, they don't, they don't say, Hey dad, I'm going to give you, you know, give you this and you're going to provide, you know, that that." it's not a transaction. There's a real family that's going on and we're part of one another. And if we can translate that and really take that into the church where we're really treating each other as family, um, as best we can, empowered by the spirit. Man, that's going to, that, that, the, the witness to the world of that, even imperfectly, but empowered, the, the, in the, empowered even in the attempt, is pretty miraculous, I think.
1: Absolutely. And I'll say something that even kind of flies in the face. Uh, this is going to maybe drop a little bit of a bomb out there, but this is why the idea of a consumer based church is not biblical. At all. We're not we don't have consumer based families.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like where you just go to attend as a going right. to attend a church versus being a disciple, like a member of the body that's there. It's like it's not a con it isn't a weekly concert we go to, it's a life that we're walking in in life together with exactly. the family of God. That's so important. So good. Excellent.
1: Yeah. So so yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say so the idea that family exists. In the church, it, it's not a, you know, I love what you said earlier. It's like this isn't something from the 1950s or post World War era. That oh, let's, let's the church is a family. No, it, it it's this existed from the time from the beginning of creation. God God had intended this all along to have the church be a family. That's right. And so when we think about it as a family, my hope, my, you know, when I look at that, I think, well, that at least for me, that makes it a little more approachable, doesn't it? I'm not approaching an organization that is gonna require uh, that I follow six hundred and seventy five different bylaws and dress in a particular uniform in order to be a part of it. It's no I'm I'm going right back to Psalm sixty eight. God sets the solitary in a home. It's like I'm just a part. I'm I'm a part of this body. I, I belong here. So my hope for, for everybody listening to this podcast at least is that you would understand that church is not just an organization. We're not just a, a, a 501c3 or a nonprofit, though we do have nonprofit status. It's we're a family. We we belong in and you belong here. Every person has a a place among the body.
0: Right? That's excellent. So I wonder if we could take just a couple minutes and and just comment on like how people serve in in the church. because uh, sure. there's lots of different body parts, lots of different ways to serve. You know, there's there, there's leaders in churches, there's and, and we'll get into more of the structure of that later on, but maybe just some comments on, you know, how we how we serve and what our functions are in the body.
1: Yeah. So I think in in American culture at least, we have this idea of church in our head that there is the body, the the individual members again, the idea being member part of the body not membership or uh as it were a gym but a leader and then members so we have the the one senior pastor and then however many members are in the body and i would like to maybe get away from from that idea if we could and understand that leaders and members are still just members of the same body but serve in different functions Uh, and capacities
0: I love so, that idea that leaders are members. Yeah. A, a lot of times when we, when we see leaders, we, it's, it's like we can, we can view them differently or even in some cases exactly. treat them differently uh, because they're leaders, as opposed to understanding that all the ways we're supposed to treat each other uh, <laughs> in, in, uh, in love also apply to the way the leaders uh, uh, should be treated and should treat members, because we're all members of one of another. I, I love that idea. Exactly.
1: Well, and I think the idea that even a leader, when we put that connotation of there's a leader and then there's all the members, it makes whoever's leading unapproachable. It makes them impersonal. It makes them almost non-human. It's like, no, that's the, that's the hired hand, if you will, the, the person who's in charge of this body when really leaders are moms and dads they're they're leading a family where
0: Uh, that's terrific
1: think about think about your own parents and you know i understand not everybody may have had the same exact circumstance but when you're in your parents house you you can approach your mom and dad (laughs) you can i can if i go and see my parents i don't look at my parents as unapproachable it's it's my mom and dad i call them i i love them i talk to them i i speak to them that it's no different with with leaders in the church they just serve in different capacity
0: no, you know, i think you're right I, I have a young
1: child at home and i don't want her to look at me and think dad is unapproachable because he he leads the family or you know he's he is the leader you know big air quotes here of the family it's <laughs> it's like no that that's my dad i i love right. him and we can, we can look at our leaders the same way.
0: Wow. That's that so good. And I think, I think, um, it, I know we've got a couple minutes left here, but I, I think one of the things that might be good is just to talk about, um, what, what brings us together, a leader, uh, um, a father, grandfather, sons, daughters, husband's wife, whatever, whatever member, whatever part of the body we're in, just talk, we'll, we'll talk real briefly about what brings us to be part of the body and what's, what, Kind of what the requirement is there and it's actually really really simple um, to be part of the body of christ to be a member of the body of christ um, is just means you have a faith in jesus that has justified right. you you've been made new by the spirit and then because of that because of that faith in christ you become part of this community that that, that begins to manifest the supernatural life of that family God who now is enabling us to have family here and now, even among people that don't have the same last name or didn't come from the same cultures, but because we are unified by that confession of faith, we get to walk together in life and demonstrate the power of God. Now, what that right. what that means though is they're, that they're, that definition does bring separation, and that's not a that's not a separation that I'm putting in there. That's a separation that Jesus puts in there. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to God is mm. through Jesus. But I will say this: unbelievers are actually a really, really important part of the community that is a church, because. I was right. once an unbeliever, and I needed a church <laughs> to, to preach the gospel to me to show something that was in contrast to the world that was around me so I could understand that I was lost. I mean, I kind of right. knew I was lost, but I didn't, didn't know where to go to be found. And so unbelievers around that community is super important. And uh, also children, you know, even children that, that, that don't know Jesus yet. You know, we love and serve our kids, so that they would come to know Christ and then become part of his body as well. And so even though, there, even though if you're an unbeliever, you are not part of the body of Christ, it doesn't mean you're not important. It just means you're not, you don't have, you're not a member yet because Jesus is the head of his church. Jesus is the way. He's the gate. Uh, the good news is once you've come to him, you become part of this family. Which is wonderful. Wow. So I just wanted to clarify, not clarify, but to toss that out there. And maybe, Jeff, if you could take us home um, with any closing thoughts you've got.
1: I love what you said, Danny, about the idea that even unbelievers are an important part of the community because what, what value, is, what a great value that is placed upon, upon people because God loves them. And so we that's we as a church, right. those of us who know the Lord and have fellowship with him and have confessed with our mouths that that Jesus Christ is Lord, what a great privilege we have to be able to share that same message to those who don't know him. Say, hey, you're just as valuable. It's like I I've been set in the body because I've been transformed by the love of God and God God has set me in a home. But that's for you too. You you can be set in a home also. And it's the <laughs> Dare I say this? Yes, there is. There is a. The definition brings separation, but the entry in, the bar for entry is is not very high. You don't have to be of a certain. <laughs> uh, there, there. It doesn't discriminate in terms of ethnicity or.
0: Yeah, maybe or, a better way to say it would be that definition brings an invitation. Maybe yes. I would say it that way because that and that because I think that really is the heart of God for yeah. people who are not part of the family is there's that invitation to come in.
1: Absolutely. And and my, my encouragement to you all would be, you're not inviting people to, to be part of an organization. You're inviting them to be part of a family, a family that loves God and is day by day learning how to love each other. And so, Make that part of your own message. Make that part of your own, your own uh, invitation to people. Come and be part of the family. Come and be part of something that God really loves and cherishes. And at the same time, remind them that God loves and cherishes them as an individual. So I, Danny, if it's all right, wow. I'd like to just go ahead and close this out in prayer with Please that, do. if that's Please okay. Please do, that'd be great. Lord, you've given us something so precious, so wonderful. You, I'm so grateful, Lord, that in, it was in your design and in your will all along to have a family here on earth and, and for that family to be the church. Lord, I pray that this week people would understand just how much... You love them, or at least begin to understand, Lord. Even in my own heart, Lord God, may may I understand at, at a greater depth just how much You have loved me and how much You continue to love me, and and everybody who's listening to this, Lord. And that, Lord, You love Your church. You cherish her. You. You want what's best for her, and you continue. You have laid Yourself down for her, Lord, so that she would. Not struggle and fail, but Lord, so that she be sanctified and succeed and be a pure and spotless bride ready for you. Lord, I pray that this message would bless every person listening and that we would go out with a message in our hearts that Christ loves his church and that he has placed value on each individual member and every person who doesn't know you, Lord God. He loves them and is looking to set them in a family. We love you, Lord. We just give you all the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen.